0: Welcome to the Undaunted Brotherhood podcast, a ministry of FPC of Paris, where we will be discussing not only what it is to be a man, but to be a godly man in this 21st century. I'm your host, Pastor Chad McQueen. All right, guys, welcome back to the Undaunted Brotherhood. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're excited today. We have a special guest with us. Uh, so we have Ron White with us today, a good friend from Humble, Texas. Uh, I'm your host, Chad McQueen, and our co-host is Travis McQueen. We're thankful that you are with us today. Our desire with this podcast is to help us to become men, but not only men, but godly men in the 21st century, and so we talk about manly things. I want to say welcome to Ron being with us today. Uh, he's been preaching for us over the weekend in our church here at First Pentecostal Church of Paris, and he's done a tremendous job. Uh, He and his family is with us, and uh, they've just been a tremendous blessing to us. And so we wanted to get him on here and get him recorded so we could share him with the rest of the world, hopefully. We're going to give him just a second kind of to introduce himself, I guess, or tell us something or share something
1: with us. Well, um, like I've said before, I'm more or less of a shy guy that's just trying to his best in this day and hour to help lead his family to heaven and try to take as many people with us as we can. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, I'm right there with you on the shy guy thing. And that's why we had to edit the first part of this twice. And so we'll make note of that on the podcast. So we're not professionals.
1: It happens. (laughs) It happens. (laughs)
0: That's right. All right. Uh, we're going to, we're just going to have some time, some conversation, uh, Uh, We're going to ask some questions, answer some questions, and just have some dialogue. So just sit back and enjoy the show, and uh, we hope it's a blessing to you. Remember to share it with your friends, guy friends, family members, guys, men, people that are male. We want them to listen to our podcast. All right, we're going to turn this over to Travis, and he's going to ask the first question. He just looks like he's raring to go over there.
2: All right, uh, let's uh, start with, what is your favorite scripture?
1: If I had to... I love, I love every scripture, but if I had to choose a favorite scripture, it'd be John one and one in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And then we skip down to verse 15. Is that right? And the word was made flesh dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. That's, that's one of my favorite passages of scripture because it connects us back to to, to all the way back to the book of Genesis, God the logos was in the beginning. And, uh, there's tremendous oneness revelation that comes from that. And so I, I believe that would be my favorite passage of scripture. Matter of fact, I think I quote that at some point, I could probably couldn't even count on many times on my fingers, how many times I could quote that scripture throughout the year, whether it be in the pulpit preaching or whether it be leading the service somehow at the right moments, at the right times, it just seems right, and it just Amen. comes up. I just love that scripture.
0: Amen. It locks us in all the way back to the beginning, too. Amen. That's it's it's not something that started ten thousand years ago or five thousand years ago, but it said in the beginning was the in word. the beginning. That's right. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, you said under a a great pastor who's a preaching machine, for lack of a better term, uh, his preaching is known all over the country. But uh, other than your pastor. Unless he's just absolutely which I'm I like to rate my pastor up very high on my list of favorites. But and we like I said, we know Brother Wimberly is a tremendous speaker and preacher. Who other than he would you say is one of your favorite
1: preachers and why? Well, uh, when it comes to when it comes to my favorite list of preachers, I don't necessarily have a a, a list if you if, if per se, um, I guess for the most part um, you'd have your list of Anthony Mangans, Jeff Arnold's, uh, David Bernard's, things of that nature, which all great preachers. And I've always been able to gather something from, from their preaching. And they're always the dynamic, powerful word from all of them. But if I had to say that, if I had a, a, a favorite, a favorite preacher outside of my pastor, and I can't, I can't say him and score some brownie points right now, right, if he right. decides to listen <laughs> to this, um, I told the church we were just in a revival uh, here a uh, few weeks ago with uh, evangelist Bruce Shepard. All right. And uh, out really outside of outside of, of names like Anthony Mangan and Jeff Arnold, all all the big names that we really know in Pentecost. One of my absolute most favorite preachers um, outside of Robert Wimberly. Hint hint. <laughs> uh, I would have to say, we're I to send would send you the link. I would have to say, I don't know anybody but Wimberly and Shepherd, and uh, so brother right. brother Bruce Shepherd is, is a tremendous evangelist. He's been evangelizing now for over twenty something years. Our church, since
0: the beginning, shortly after the word there was Bruce <laughs> Shepherd evangelizing. I'm
1: telling you, man, and uh, there's there's just something about the way he preaches. It's dynamic. It's powerful, and one of the things that I love about him, not just the preaching. It's the effort that he puts into preaching. When he preaches, he leaves it all out there. He doesn't Mm -hmm. hold anything back. He doesn't sugarcoat things. Uh, He'll step on your toes. He'll do whatever is necessary to to make you make a move closer to God. And uh, I've been able to appreciate his ministry um, personally in our church and just for myself in the last 17 years. He had been coming a few years before uh, that I had made my way to, uh, well, now it's First Apostolic Church of Humboldt. It was formerly um, Fountain View Pentecostal Church, but um, um, since the very first time I heard him preach, I was like, "Wow, this guy is a guy that I can, I can listen to. Yeah. I can listen to his preaching. I can learn something from him. I can, I can see his demeanor in the pulpit and the way he presents himself and places himself." uh um um before the people and to give everything that he's got so i would have to say bruce shepherd all right He'd have to be that guy
0: he is uh he is a, dynam- a dynamic preacher uh we're actually i talked to uh another friend of ours mutual acquaintance the other day and uh trying to get his contact information because i know it's hard to get brother shepherd booked because he's always booked so far out uh we're going to try our best to to get on his schedule and let him come to Paris and be a blessing here. We've heard him over the years and loved him. He's got one speed, and it's absolutely wide open. It's it's 100 miles an hour. absolutely. But just the anointing uh, that he walks in, uh, heard stories of his prayer life just being a dynamic prayer life. Out of fact, I was speaking with a friend of mine, a friend of ours in Dayton, Texas. He was just there in Dayton with uh, Brother Vickery. And uh, he said that he and Brother Shepherd would pray during the day in the church. And he said, he just, he said, I was so impressed. He said, I'd be, I'd walk in and he'd already be praying. And, you know, it's just, it was powerful, you know, and he just enjoyed that, yes. that aside from being in the pulpit preaching, but just his prayer life was a blessing to them also because he was able to go in and he was able to go in and pray with him and just how anointed it was and how powerful and dynamic it was. So, Amen. Uh, He's uh, I, ho- I hope we can get him. So, Bruce Shepard, if you hear this podcast... <laughs> if you're listening. Yes, sir. If just by chance you stumble across the Undaunted Brotherhood...
1: You have been officially fleeced, brother. Yes,
0: yeah. sir. Uh, please come to Paris. We want to hear you. We want you to be a blessing to First Pentecostal
1: Church of Paris. Amen.
2: All right. Um, How long have you been in the church, and when were you filled with the Holy Ghost?
1: I haven't always been in the church. Um, my family, we were... Growing up, uh, we were hardcore Baptist. As a matter of fact, my dad has been passed away for a little over ten years now, and but the local Baptist church still has my family on the roll there. But uh, officially, we got in church in the summer of 1998, and so uh, the the small Pentecostal church there in town. Uh, it started with my my aunt, who was always a faithful member of the church. My mother, uh, she had became a part of the church. She had recently actually had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost, spoken tongues, slain in the spirit, in a full gospel church. And it'll, you know, a full gospel church, they'll they'll baptize you in Jesus' name. They'll baptize you in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They'll they believe it all. There's there's no limits with them. And uh, she had started out there and and then there was a transition that was made. And uh, she had had a private baptism there uh, at the Pentecostal church, and because she, she wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name, and so my aunt was there to witness that. And so I would I would say it really it started with my mom, and I started going to church with her. It was prior to 1998, but really when we really got in there and 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 just kind of fell in love with the Lord and and gave ourselves to God. It was for me personally. The date is June the 28th of 1998. That was that would have been on a Sunday morning after the UPC family camp meeting in Lufkin, Texas. I we had been there for that week. My my brother had already prayed through. My sister-in-law, my sister, uh, one of my nieces. As a matter of fact, uh, when I prayed through, it was on a, a Sunday morning, and my brother-in-law prayed back through during that time, trying to pray me through. And so, um, it was, it was just an awesome dynamic thing that God poured out his spirit and and really brought us all in the church at one time together. And then the only one that wasn't in church at that point in time was my dad. And it would be just a couple of months later because my dad started watching me, uh, uh, among everybody else. He could have watched my brother and my sister, but for what some reason I was still at home. I was the only child at home. And, um, he would, he would start just kind of watching what I do. And one morning me and my mom, were going, going to Sunday morning church. And he said, wait, don't go just yet. I'm going with you. And so he started coming to church and before it was all said and done, long story short, God filled him with the Holy Ghost as well. So it was, it was a dynamic thing for us. The whole family got in church. So, but, uh, June, June of 1998. So, um, I'm not a mathematician. I just know it was a long time ago. Um, I think that's twenty something years if I'm counting correctly, give or take like I said, I was probably a C or a b at best in math, so uh, you do the math
0: uh, Our last episode was a math episode. We used to using percentages and math. and uh we had I got a lot of feedback
2: on that math though did you hey. a lot of people ask who sleeps that long you <laughs> yeah, know, so <laughs> yeah
0: it it said that the average person uh sleeps. What did it say? Sixty hours a week and well, works I, I forty think it hours,
2: was forty to sixty or or thirty six to sixty or something like that. But if you think eight hours a night, seven days a week, that's fifty six hours. And then some people sleep more than eight hours. A night. I'm, so not I mean, a, I'm not getting it. That was just uh, I'm not. That was just a number.
1: Does that
0: include the nap I get every day? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm talking. <laughs> Whatever about. Whatever you got to do to make <laughs> it work, I guess. Yes. So it. I was, think I need to get some more <laughs> sleep, man. That
2: was the lower end of the sleeping we went also. to
0: my wife and I went to the, the uh deluge conference in Myrtle Beach uh and a he couple slept times. 12 hours every night no no <laughs> a couple times in uh Beth Mouse she was there ministering and just speaking and stuff and she told she mentioned I don't remember I don't want to quote her because I'll say it wrong but of how many hours a woman needed to sleep and they said it's very important that a woman gets that much sleep And I don't know if my wife heard anything else the other years that we went or even (laughs) that year, but she locked into that. She said, she called her Dr. Biles. She said, Dr. Biles said, I have to have my sleep. And like, I don't remember if it was eight hours, nine hours a night, whatever it was, but she was like, it's, it's very important that I get my sleep. And I don't know that she's forgot that yet. She, she may have forgot everything else, but not the eight or nine hours. Don't let my wife listen to
1: this podcast.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hey, real quick, do you remember how old you was then? Because I was kinda wondering how about how old you was at that time.
1: I was fifteen years old. Fifteen, 15 years, years old. Fifteen okay. years old.
0: Right. I got the Holy Ghost in nineteen ninety six, I believe it was.
1: You know when you do like that right there, that just tells you're getting a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. That's not the only thing that makes me tell, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh let me just uh let's let's uh go a little let's not to bring carnality into this, but are you a tea or a coffee guy?
1: Oh, or are you man. a both guy? If I give the wrong answer, my wife might slap me. But she's not listening to this podcast because this is for men. So well, uh, I've I, seen some ladies listening to it. Yeah, them, we but. got we got <laughs> as many
0: lady listeners as we do men for some reason. But we're taking them.
1: Yeah, my wife is an avid coffee drinker, but I'm going to have to say tea all the way. I, it's got to be sweet tea. Uh, sweet tea. If I'm going to uh, drink it. <gasps>
0: <laughs> Let's go with sweet tea. I, I refer to that effectual, effectual, affectionately excuse me, as the devil's nectar. I am not a fan of not sweet tea. Not if you doctor tea. it up. Yeah, I am not a fan of sweet tea. We were both born in Michigan, so sweet tea wasn't like we just drunk on sweet tea all the time. And so, like, literally, there's not much more that I can take a swig of, and I just want to spit it out as fast as I can as sweet tea.
1: Do they have a Chicken Express around here? Yeah, they yeah. Do. We do. We do. Have you never drank the sweet tea from a Chicken yeah. Express? Yeah, that I, stuff I, is pretty rough. <laughs>
0: I am not a sweet tea drinker.
1: I mean, if it doesn't leave sugar fragments <laughs> on your teeth, if you can feel if them you don't got some out,
0: grit afterwards.
1: I'm telling you, that it, to, me, to me, it's holy water. <laughs> it's good. I can drink it. No, now, no, as no. a matter of fact, my littlest one, my nine-year-old, when we go somewhere to eat, it's always sweet tea. Anywhere do mm. we go. My boys, they'll you know they they'll come up to me, Dad, let me have a
0: drink. What is this? And I'll tell them it's tea, and they will look at me like, is it sweet? And I'm like, no, I don't drink that trash. Never, <laughs> never mind, Dad. Never mind. They don't want nothing to do with it. But they with just teacher, know you don't understand it yeah, the way yeah, we do. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't had my eyes opened. I guess I do now. Uh, for years, I wouldn't do it, but I do now. Put a little sweetener in my coffee when I drink my coffee. It like that. I I learned that trick on a missions trip in Chile, and uh, I didn't have no choice. That's just what they served me, and I sorry every time it was freezing too we went in the winter there so you're was, a black
1: coffee guy uh for the I, most
0: I, part? I well i was but I, I mean i like black coffee but i i now put some well now he, i put he fair, makes a little now i put fair life protein shakes in it so it's really sweet oh, and man. it's got 30 grams of protein in it so
2: puts a puts a little cup of ice in there no i don't I don't, I don't do and. the ice <laughs> <no, laughs> if, if i drink coffee i'm not
0: a basic white girl i'm not no. drinking white <laughs> coffee. <laughs> i'm not drinking iced coffee no uh, I mean, I, now let me take that back. I have
1: enjoyed a caramel
0: frappuccino a time or two in my life, but
1: yeah, if I if, if I'm going to drink coffee, uh, unfortunately, I can't do it the manly way. I just that that's something that my dad and my grandpa and guys like that, you know, just drink it straight black. I gotta have mine's gotta be foo-fooed up. Yeah, yeah. so so I was gonna
2: use that. so
0: my wife
1: my wife has a way of making her coffee, and, and of course she. Um, she has to use sugar substitutes and things like that, but I can't handle the substitutes. I've got to have the real things. So if I'm going to drink coffee, I need to have a, a, um, some kind of a, a vanilla creamer. Um, somehow I got into peppermint mocha. Oh. Uh, and so I, I think that was a Starbucks thing and, uh, I got into that. And so I'll, I'll drink me some peppermint mocha when it's available. Uh, but, um, you know. These pulp folk folks that drink coffee when it's hundred something degrees outside and tell you it'll it, cool it, you it down—that down. is, That's one brother the, Gray. No, sir. Uh-uh. Grand,
0: my grandpa Holly used to tell me the same thing, and then I don't call them men as as.
2: Uh, be careful. They're more yeah, manly I'm, than I. Am. <laughs> I'm trying to be
0: careful yeah. how I word this, but I normally refer to them men that, as men that speak truth. But that is one time they don't speak truth. They tell me all the time it'll heat you up or cool you down. I don't I if I drink a cup of coffee, I'm ready to I'm like smoldering on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. And so uh it's it's definitely not uh definitely not gonna cool you down, I don't believe. Now there may be some science person listening to this and prove me wrong, but I just appreciate you listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I was gonna say something else about that coffee and tea. Oh, I'm talking about manly men drinking coffee. We have an uncle uh two stories. Our Uncle Al, he lives in Michigan, and he worked for General Motors for years, and he's drunk coffee as long as I've known him. Like, that's his drink of choice is coffee, and, like, he drinks black coffee. Like, it doesn't matter, and, like, I, I don't know if I'm a weak coffee drinker or what, but I don't like stale coffee. Like, my Uncle Al, he'll heat coffee up all day long out of the same pot, like, like, if it's not fresh tasting to me, I'd dump it out, but like he'll reheat the coffee in his cup. And I remember when I was younger, I don't know if he still does it, but like, I believe he used to like never wash his coffee cup. Cause he said that the, it, the coffee tasted better from the, when it, I guess had all the residue, I guess of the coffee of years gone by, I guess, I don't know, but he is an avid coffee drinker. And then now my, our cousin Brian, uh, he is followed in his dad's footsteps, and, like, if they can figure out a way to, like, mainline coffee, you know, like, just have an IV hooked up and it not burn them when they put it in, I really think they would do that. That's how avid of coffee drinkers they are. <laughs> now, my wife, I, I tell her all the time, I said, baby, how are we ever going to grow old together? Because she will not even, she don't even like the smell of coffee. I was like, old people sit together, they talk <laughs> on the porch, and they drink coffee. <laughs> coffee. But she's like, well, I guess you'll grow old someone else because it ain't happening. I ain't, I ain't drinking coffee. So I which she she don't mean that, I hope. But <laughs> uh, but uh I, I like coffee. And since since I had uh this little journey that I'm on, I've like stepped up my coffee game a whole lot. And I'm not sure if I'm just doing it for the energy, the added energy or what. But I drink a lot of coffee now.
1: Drink a lot of coffee. You know, I don't even, I don't, I don't, I've never felt that when I drink coffee that I ever got any energy out of it. Me neither. It just, it's just, it, you know, it tasted good when I wanted it, but I'm, I'm one of the kind of guys I can put it down if I had to, you know, mm-hmm. I asked my wife one time, what would you do if, if, if God never made coffee, what would you do with yourself? What, what if something <laughs> happened and there was a coffee shortage a, a, across the globe? What, what would you do with yourself? And uh, she said, "I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't push my buttons, Ron." <laughs> she said, "We're not going to talk about that. Jesus wouldn't do that to me because He loves me."
0: <laughs> well, the the ladies of our church, uh, I get, I have access to all their messages on our church app because I'm the one that started it. Their group, and so my just by the way, ladies that you listen, you guys use that chit chat page a whole lot. But yesterday or the day before, there was a post on there that said, "Ladies." Go buy your avocados if you want your avocados, because President Biden, I guess, put a a, on a ban on coming from Mexico, and like so they started panicking, and then a few hours later they was like, he's lifted the ban, we're okay, they saved, you know, and I was like,
1: man. That's uh that's some avocado love there, you know, <laughs> for some reason, that song just came across my mind. Avocados
0: from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. 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 They weren't coming from Mexico there for a day or so. Trump 2024. Yeah. All, right, <laughs> all right. Throw it out there. Make it great again. Uh, okay. It's your turn. I think,
2: uh, what's, uh, what's something you enjoy doing outside of church or your interests or hobbies
1: outside of church? Um, it's always really been in my blood. Uh, but I guess, you know, uh, the Bible talks about stirring up the gift of God. Uh, I don't know if this would be necessarily the gift of God. This would be the gift of white, uh, <laughs> because my family, uh, I come from, from a family of avid hunters and fishermen. And, uh, as a kid growing up, um, I didn't do a lot of hunting or a lot of fishing at all. matter of fact, um, I there's there's a hunting story that where where I went fishing with my dad and my brother-in-law and and uh, we were deer hunting and it was cold and rainy one one Saturday morning early and um, they took me down to this plot spot where they had been they've been tracking this big buck and um, they wanted me to sit in a certain place they gave me a shotgun and said we're gonna scare him out and when he walks over this way you'll see him all you got to do is shoot. And, uh, so they, they walked off, they went to their places and, and what have you. I sit there for about 30 minutes and, and, um, uh, I kind of thought to myself, why, why am I sitting out here in the cold, in the rain, waiting for a deer to come possibly cross my path, uh, so that I can shoot him and eat him when there's food at the house. And so um, instead of staying out there like I needed to, I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to the truck. It's too early. I'm too tired. And I fell asleep in the truck. So, uh, long story short, they don't let me go hunting with them anymore. Um, my brother-in-law, they, my brother, they've never forgotten that moment, even after my dad's passed away. So, um uh, they won't, a matter of fact, I, I was trying to get back into hunting this past year. And uh, I went and get, did my hunter's education after all this time and um, trying to get my boys into doing some things outside of video games and stuff like that. And so we were going to do that. I couldn't even get my brother to take me hunting. Uh, <laughs> Still, he's he taking you back. He, he, he used every excuse in the world from You're church. You're like the black to, sheep of the family at yeah. the Christmas dinner, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, you know. And so uh, so um, from an avid uh, lifestyle of hunting and fishing uh, in the last year, that was, well, they were also fishermen. My dad, I think, more than hunting, uh, he loved to fish. And so, as a kid, I was kind of like my nine-year-old is right now. You get out onto the lake, and if the fish ain't biting, you're ready to go home. If there, if you got to sit there, you got to wait. If it's hot out there, or if there's too many mosquitoes, um, let's let's pull it up. Let's go to the house do something else. That's how I was as a kid. So I didn't just do a whole lot of it, but I found. Um, in the last few years, outside of work, outside of preaching, outside of just being a dad, uh, being able to have some kind of stress relief, some, something you can do that can relieve stress. And so I've kind of gotten myself within the last year or so back into fishing, and um, um, I've come to find out that I love it, even though I'm a boating hazard right now to most people on the water. <laughs> um, we went out last year. Um, we bought a boat. Um, which I keep at my mother's back back in East Texas um, because, quite frankly, if I bring it down to my place, I'm afraid that it might get stolen before the week's over. So <laughs> uh, we keep it there. And when I'm not there, I have my brother-in-law take care of the boat and everything. And um, what we've done over the last year, I'd make trips over the weekend, sometimes one-nighters uh, before I had to uh, come back and preach a service on Sunday morning when pastor was away, um, we'd take a little fishing trip. And so, um, it's, it's been a great way to relieve stress. Um, there's something about it. Even if you're not catching anything, just getting out there on the water, when everything in the weather is conducive, um, not just the fishing itself, just being out there and just seeing, seeing the, the things that God has created, the beauty of of, of what he's created, uh, coming in off the lake when it's getting dark and you're able to see the you're able to see the sunset. Um, sometimes when you're getting out on the water before the sun comes up, being able to see the sunrise, uh, of course, um, be nice if I catch a, uh, catch a decent sized fish for a change instead yep. of having to, um, of worms, instead of huh? having to yeah. photocopy <laughs> pictures of my brother in law and the big fish he catches. <laughs> and, you know, I, I did that. I, I have to admit that I did do that. And I sent that to the pastor with the one the first week that I got my our new boat. Uh, me and my brother in law and my nephew went out fishing, and um, my brother caught like a nine almost 10 pound bass. And uh, he was getting ready to throw it back in the water. I said, Now hold on just a minute. This is my boat. I said, Give me that fish. And uh, I said, Here's my phone. Pull up the camera. Let me take, take a picture of this, me holding that fish and so did you um, hold
0: it way away from you because it would look bigger just for no i didn't i didn't have to (laughs)
1: this one this was actually a a big size fish but uh to 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 be honest with you i have photoshopped some where i've caught some little ones and i did have to hold the camera real close to make it look a little bit bigger um but uh that's not to say I'm not a decent fisherman. That just means the fish wasn't biting that yeah, good that they day. Did. They weren't feeling um, right. uh, At least that's what that's my story and I'm sticking to I it. I hear you. I hear But um I, I remember taking a having my brother-in-law, he just shook his head at me and he had a smirk on his face. And he I took a picture of that, he took a picture of that fish, and and um, first thing I did was I sent it to Pastor. I'm telling you, talk about make a guy feel bad for himself. The first text message I get back from him is. Are you sure you're the one that caught that?
0: <laughs> he just, oh man. Just
1: come right off, popped off first yeah. thing. And I'm like, man, I can't lie to him because he's my pastor. And so I was like, yeah, you're right. I didn't catch it, but i it was in my boat, so it yeah, technically my it counts. boat
0: caught it. I'm the captain of this vessel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so, uh so uh, I've gotten back into fishing a little bit, and uh my boys are kind of getting into it as well, um, and. Um, Last year we fished a, uh, me and my brother-in-law, we fished a tournament um, out there on Lake Toledo Bend. And um, we, um, it was, it was horrible. I did I, I caught like one small little fish. The wind was bad. We're talking about four or five foot swells. It was like water on the Gulf Coast in Galveston. It was, it was horrible. We're bouncing up and down and, and I'm getting seasick and everything. And, um, you know. I think
0: we need a bigger boat. <laughs> man, I'm
1: telling you. And so, uh um it's coming to the end of the tournament um because uh, we were only going to fish it on a friday and a saturday um i almost i tried to coax my brother-in-law into fishing on a sunday um because technically i was on vacation so i didn't necessarily have to report into church anywhere um but um my brother is also his pastor and so he said oh no i'm not fighting that battle <laughs> yeah. and so he said the day's it if we don't catch anything today we're done and so it just so happens that right there before the end of the tournament, he caught a, a real large bass and I didn't think he was going to get it in the boat. And so I, 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 uh, I jumped up out of, out of my, my seat on the back of the boat, almost fell into the water doing it just to grab a net. Cause I, I was like, this is at least where we can win our money back. Right. You know? And so, um, at any rate, I, I know there are some people that think that entering tournaments may be a form of gambling or whatever. I, I don't see it. I just think it was fun. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, we both peaches it. On, it yeah. on that. Teaches on uh, that. It was fun. It's something I never did before. And uh, um, we got the bass in the boat. And my brother in law, he's looking at me uh, with this look on his face, like, man, what are you doing? I was like, dude, hey, there's money on the line here. <laughs> yeah. We can't take any chances with a line breaking again. So we put him in the boat, took him back to the weigh in. And um, wouldn't you know? That when we weighed that fish in, it weighed in at six point six six. And people, when they saw that, you you tell me people don't believe in God. There are people out there you wouldn't think believe in God, but when they saw the number six six six, there was like they were just all oh, devil fish, devil fish, oh. devil fish.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Throw it back! Throw, Throw it, it back! back. <laughs> hey that. That devil fish it w- awarded us about 800 bucks that day. So so to God hey, be the glory. The devil had that money long
0: enough. It was time for God's that's people right. to have it.
1: <laughs> that that money went to two good apostolic men. And so uh, it it was just a great time and uh, so fishing I would say have to be is 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 one of the main outlets I have right now. I would say video games. Um well matter of fact, I just did say video games. <laughs> it's too so late now. <laughs> um, It's too late to go back now. We've already waded off into the deep end so um, I, 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 love playing video games. Um, uh, not some of the stuff that kids play now. Um, I'm like, I'm like your old school Tetris Mario brother guy. Okay. And, uh, that's, I'm just like the retro game kind of guy, you know? And, uh, um, so, um, my the boys games from your days, the game from my days, I've been, I've been known to play a little bit of Madden. Uh, I liked playing some Madden football with my boys, and uh, of course, they've gotten to the place to where they're better than me now. That's a so, bad
0: place to get. I hate that place, and I don't even.
1: I'm, I preach against games now that my boys are better than me. That's right. I'm like,
0: that's dumb. That's gonna yeah. make you dumb. Quit doing that. So, so <laughs> what
1: I'll do, what I'll do, is because there's this game out there called Smash Brothers, yeah, and it's really like it's way. like all the Nintendo characters or whatever. I still got one over on them on that. So. So uh, we'll 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 switch that out real quick from Madden to that. After and you
0: take a thumping in Madden, that's like, right, okay, boys. We'll take care of business. Here we that's go. right, <laughs>
1: exactly. And so uh, so I do play a little bit of video games. I don't play as much as I did before because I just got so much going on. Um, that and because my wife tells me when I get to playing video games, it's almost like everything else fades away. So you know, um, there's got to be a little bit of balance there. Uh, yeah, for sure. So uh, but uh, I, I do like to play a little bit every once in a while. For sure.
0: I was, when you were talking about, uh, looking at God's creation and things out on the water, one of my favorite times or favorite things to see out on the water is like when you pull up to the water and it's like glass in the morning. Oh, absolutely. uh, And like the steam's coming off of it and then the sun's come up. That's like, that's like the most peaceful. Even if I don't catch fish that day, I'm happy for being able to just to go down there and get, when the water's cold, you know, if you, when you're trying to launch the boat and you slip a little bit and get too far on the ramp or something. Oh, yeah. Your feet wet and all that stuff. And it's it's still just the beauty of seeing that steam come off the water and that glass. Oh. I Absolutely. Just I just love that so much. Uh just going on to the next question. Are you more of a thinker or a doer?
1: Ooh. That's a good question. Well, I don't think I could be a doer unless I'm a thinker. Okay. So I would say that it's a little bit of both. Um I like to think through the process and then follow the process. Um, of course, you know, from a biblical perspective, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And so, uh, I would say it's a combination of both. Um, sometimes it's more on the thinking end because I have a little bit of leeway now to do some delegating, uh, in my secular job. And, uh,
0: living the dream.
1: Uh, well, sometimes it's it's more of a nightmare than it is a dream. But, uh, uh, but you know, in delegating there, there are certain things that I, you know, will get the process together and then I'll just delegate it out. Or in the case of two boys that are growing up, um, it's more of like, I think you need to go get me a drink out of the fridge, or yeah. I think you need to go to the cupboard and get me a, um, a Twinkie or, yeah. or something <laughs> like that, you know? So, um, so I got a lot of delegation to my boys. Now, I think you need to clean up your room because yeah. I'm not going to do it. Uh, that kind of stuff there. So in that case, I would say I'm more of a thinker than a doer. Uh, but then when it's all said and done after the boys ultimately didn't clean the room or do what I asked, well, I asked my wife to do it. So, (laughs) you know, I'll, 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 I'll put it in a way that'll make her feel, feel real, real good about herself. And, uh, baby i you know i love you and yeah and uh you still make my heart go pitter patter that's right that's right hallelujah (laughs) and uh so uh you know ultimately if she gets to a place where she says no i'm like all right i'll take care of it and uh and so there we go then then we go from thinking to doing yeah so uh sometimes sometimes a little bit of takes a little bit of both it takes a little bit of both but ultimately it pans out in the end
0: the other night when you and i was talking uh you, we just kind of learning a little bit about each other. You mentioned, or your wife mentioned, how you weren't always mechanical, but but oh, now, I'm still not mechanical. Are you? Are you still not mechanical? I mean, you work through problems, and you good with your hands, I guess, working on things and things like that. Or
1: I wouldn't necessarily say I'm good with my hands when it comes to mechanic work. I've just been around a lot of people over the years that were willing to invest some of their time to show me different tricks of the trade. The job I'm doing right now, I was told by another project manager where I work that's no longer with, we're not not even with the same company or whatever anymore, that I wasn't even qualified for the job that I'm doing. And so uh, when I first started working out at the airport, uh, that's also been 17 years ago. I used to be in debt collections. That's, that's what I used to do. And uh, there's not a lot of people that like debt collectors. Um, so I kind of figured, you know what? Probably for a guy like me, uh, it'd probably be a good idea to get out of that business if I can. And so, um, you know, I ended up um, leaving a job where I was the manager of a, of a uh, loan office that uh, basically gave out expensive loans with high interest rates to people that couldn't afford it. Um, I got really convicted about that and uh, ended up leaving out on that job. And then there was another brother in the church that, uh, was working at the airport. He was an HVAC technician and, um, he was able to, to get me a job basically as a tool apprentice. And so, um, I worked with him personally and he'd showed me some of the basic things, how to grease motors and pumps, how to change out belts, change filters, uh, things of that nature. And, uh, so that was on, on, on the side where your technicians are basically scattered out across the terminals of the airport uh, but we would always make a trip back to what we call the central plant, and in the central plant, that's where all of the boilers and uh, turbines and stuff like that are. And so here we are. We're coming in, and we're filthy. We're dirty. We're greasy. Uh, my wife will tell you I don't like being dirty. I, I have. I. It's almost like a phobia for me. I. You know. I. I wash my hands so many times a day just because I just don't like uh, a lot of dryness or grit and stuff on there. And and it's not because I don't want to work. It's just one of those weird things. But, um, we, um, we're coming back in, uh, to get some parts to go do a job over in the terminal. And we stopped by the central plant because that's where everything was housed at. And so I see over there, these two real nice prim proper operators. I mean, they got their, these guys are, these guys have been in the business for a while. So they're older guys. And, um, I think those are the guys, they use dippity do or whatever it was to slick their hair back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it, and they had the, you know, they had the the mustache that you could curl it up at the end of it. I don't know the what old, you call the it. The, handlebar the handlebars or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, and so they looked real nice and prim and proper. Their, their work shirt was pressed and they had creases in their pants. They were living the dream. Weren't and they? I'm like, <laughs> what on earth am I doing over here? Getting nasty and dirty. When I could be doing what these guys are doing, and so it just so happened for me to be able to do what they're doing. You have to be licensed in the city of Houston for that with a a stationary engineer's license, and so uh, what that basically is, is is basically qualifies you to operate on uh, high, low pressure, high pressure steam boilers and all the equipment that goes with it. More or less, I I, I got got it in my mind, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do their job one day, and um, I want to be over here in this environment, and so. There was a guy that was working on the night shift that somehow he pulled some strings and was able to, he found out there was a, there was a job opening as an operator and it just worked out to where they were. They took me in under an apprenticeship and allowed me to train with the pretense that within six months I have to come up with a stationary engineer's license, a minimum third grade license, which is the lowest license you can get. So Uh, six months, I got the license. I studied on my own, passed the test. And then it was a few years later, I upgraded it to my first grade, had to go back and take a test there. First grade license, you can operate any, any high pressure boiler equipment within the city of Houston. You could go to, to any kind of, uh, refinery plant, uh, or anything of that nature, big facilities. You can work there and, uh, make a good living at it. And so, um, that's what, that's, that's ultimately what I ended up doing. And then from there, one thing led to another, Um, somehow a couple years ago, I got roped into the position of, of, uh, uh, being the plant manager after all those years. And, and so that's kind of what I do now. So we do a little bit more operation, uh, but I've been around a lot of these guys that have come and gone long enough. Um, there's some little tricks of the trade I can do mechanically to get something running sometimes that otherwise wouldn't be on. So i going back to the original question, am I really mechanically inclined not necessarily, but I've been able to observe these guys and, and you had, you had other trying.
0: men invest into your life absolutely and, and you're reaping the, the benefits. Of absolutely. It uh, kind of like what we're trying to do here. We're trying to invest in other men's lives so they can, so they can reap the benefits later on. Yes. Uh, you said that, uh, you, you had a job that was said that you weren't even qualified to do. That's right. And then now you're the plant manager of the said job that you weren't that's qualified correct. to do. I would say that that's probably the blessings
1: of the Lord in your life for sure. Absolutely. It's 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 the blessings and favor of God through and through. As a matter of fact, um, it's not to pin a rose on me at all, but um, about one year ago, I was actually offered the position to become the actual project manager for the entire project HVAC project that we're under. Of course, um, I saw what that position had did to the previous supervisor, which was a close friend of mine. Um, and uh the the hours were were strenuous and the commitment for that particular job uh, was going to be something that uh interrupted my personal schedule with my family and church. Uh and so ultimately I declined the position. And so uh, of course, there are times where I think to myself, man, I think things might be a little bit better now if I'd have just took that position. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and at the end of the day, uh, I believe God saw what I was putting first at that point in time. Absolutely. And even in the midst of different transitions and changes on my job, um, I- I've seen people come and go. I've seen people that had more qualification than me that were terminated. Um, but God has kept me through all of that, and, and God has allowed me to be able— um, to be a voice there. And, and there's people that come up to me periodically and they know who I am outside of work. And, um, they'll ask for prayer. Um, that, that matter of fact, they knew that I was coming up here, uh, this, this weekend to, to be in Paris. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I basically told some guys, Hey, um, this guy's on call. If you need to, you need to an answer, call for, call this guy here because I'm not, I'm going to be out of pocket. And so, um, I believe God is Saul has seen, uh, through faithfulness, um, just, just, just through living for God, being faithful to church, being faithful to giving all of those different things all culminate together. And, Absolutely. and, and for that, uh, it's just the, the favor of God is the only way I can explain it.
2: That's a, uh, that's a good example for our, uh episode the apostolic hustle
0: yeah the episode two if yep. you'd like to go back and listen to that
2: that's a good example for that
0: yeah i wish you'd have been here a couple days ago when we did that one because we were looking for examples
2: all right so let's move on to the next question uh what do you like better tacos or burgers
1: Ooh, depending on who's listening um I'm going to say burgers. Burgers all the way. Um, If you would have said fajitas, then I might have been a chance to sway my answer. But uh, if I have to choose between tacos and burgers, I like tacos, but I like burgers just a little bit better. And at some point, if they'll ever invite me back out to New Mexico again, I'd love to partake of a Mondo Hondo.
0: Pastor Simon King. Testing, Pastor Simon King. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love Brother King too. By the way, he's a great guy. He's a great and guy. Awesome preacher. Yes, sir. Um, but uh, I would like to. I, I keep hearing um, from our church. Our church took a trip to Rio dos, New Mexico, and a matter of fact, they're they're visiting. We're visiting to do it again this year. Some of them are because uh, they're they're visiting to start their camp meetings back over again. They they finally got the new campgrounds. Y'all going? Uh, I don't know that I'm gonna be able to go. I'm going.
0: I'm taking my family. Are you going? I'm going, yeah. I'm Man. excited. I've wanted to go there for years and then they, you know, they closed it down and then when they said they were opening it back up, I'm I'm going.
1: I'm still a maybe at this point. It's all gonna depend on work scheduling and, and what happens in that process of time or whatever, but we are trying to plan uh for some folks to kind of caravan over there from our church. And go to ria dosa my my wife has been there before she went there to the old campground Mm -hmm. and she said it's one of the one of the most amazing camps you can go to and so um that's questionable
0: next to texas Texas, okay yeah okay (laughs) Okay, yeah you're right a close second yeah i got you and simon knows that so it's okay
1: we don't have to be afraid to say that (laughs) amen uh but uh there's there there's some there's some guys in our church uh that have told me the last time they went there's a place somewhere around there. I'm, I'm assuming it's in Rio dosa. They got this burger called the Mondo Hondo. And if you're uh, Terry Johnson, if you're listening, shout out to you, man. He ate it, and uh, we call him Triple Meat. By the way, sometimes
0: Terry. Is yeah. that Well, I don't remember Johnson. that. I don't remember old Triple Meat. I may shoot him a message on Facebook later. Yeah. How, how's it hanging, Triple Meat? You That's know, right. <laughs> uh.
1: Absolutely. So uh, they tell me about this this burger called the Mondo Hondo, and they they said it's supposed to be stacked a mile high or whatever. And uh, you know I'm I'm kind of trying to diet and everything right now, so um, I don't I can't exactly eat as much as I'd like to eat. But in that case, I think I would make an exception, and i would just keep telling myself I can eat it all. The
0: the place we went last night, they used to sell a burger. I don't know if you looked at the burger list. Uh, they had the Cavorkian burger.
1: I saw that burger, and I almost got it, but I
0: wanted to be modest. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also had, which Brother Cannon he was he was uh someone who who does the Atkins diet a lot for uh for just his health because he has some issues with different things he eats, and so that's that's a that's a diet that he's been on and off over the years. And so when he'd come here, he would get. I think it's called the Octo burger or something, but it's eight patties. Oh my. And uh, he would get it with no bread, but man, he would love that thing. He'd just bring all that stack of meat out there, and he'd just go to town on it. And uh, Protein overload. Yeah, protein overload, but it's uh, they have some pretty legit burgers there. But
1: Man, I'm kind of getting hungry now. Yeah,
0: so am I. There's a place out in Powderly uh, that used to be, uh, it was called the Borderline Cafe. Borderline, I'm sure yeah. it's still out there, but years ago when they were in the smaller building, they used to have a burger. And, like, the burger, when it come out, the bun in the burger was big as, like, your normal paper plate. Like, it was the full size. Like, if you ordered the big burger, that's what it was. It was amazing back then. But, like, I used to tell people, like, I used to, obviously, I could eat a whole lot more than I can now. But, like, by the time you got to the end of that burger, there was so much meat on that burger. And I'm a meat eater. I love meat. But that I told them, I said, the best way I could explain it is that meat started tasting like it was a little green. Because there was just so much meat on it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. But uh, it was it was so good, but it was just to eat it all. It was just too much. While we're talking about burgers, what do you put on your burger? Just so we know you're human or not.
1: Oh man, everything,
0: everything. Just yeah, a. I like it a, all the way, all the way. Just,
1: matter of fact, uh, the mustard, know,
0: mayo, ketchup, barbecue the sauce. Closest,
1: yeah, the closest. Well, I don't know about the barbecue sauce. Uh, the closest thing that I can get right now, since I can't get a Mondo Hondo, <clears throat> is uh, uh, we love Whataburger. Matter of fact. My boys have Whataburger t-shirts. All right. We, we eat Whataburger.
0: Whataburger. If
1: we don't eat Whataburger at least twice a week, there's something wrong. And so um, um, typically when I go to Whataburger, it's a double meat, extra everything, um, no cheese, extra mustard, add jalapenos. That's how I eat mine. All right. And uh, But I have been known to add bacon to it. And uh, of course, I've been known to get a triple meat when I'm really hungry.
0: I've been known to do the same. And the only
1: reason why I know that there was such thing as a triple meat is because triple meat told me. All right,
0: <laughs> it's good good to know people. He's also eating yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah. Funny story about water burger. You know, people that don't live in Texas, a lot of times they they call it water burger, water burger, or something like that. You know, they they don't say it right. And uh, I That's was just how we do it in Texas, man. Yeah, I was in. Uh, I went to Arkansas with uh, Sister Kelly from our church. Me, her, and my wife. We went to Arkansas to pray for her aunt. And uh, we just was talking on the way there and uh, when her uh, Aunt Mary and Uncle Lamar were here in Paris several months ago, they got, I guess there was some, there was some other family there that, and I, I may not be telling this exactly right, but you'll get the point of it, but they were talking about Whataburger and they was like, well, how do you say that? And he was like, Whataburger, what? And they, I guess they were they couldn't hear if he was saying water or wada, and he said, you know, kind of like when you see a pretty woman and you say, what a woman, (laughs) (laughs) and like when they told me that, I about died laughing. I couldn't just because he's a uh, he's a real reserved man. I mean, nothing, you know, you just wouldn't think that that would come out of his mouth, but it was just so funny. He was like, and so that that night when we got to their house, we were eating dinner, and then I think sister Kelly brought it up or something. She was like, what a woman, everybody busted out (laughs) laughing again. But it was it was just funny. It made me think of that so. What is a sermon or what sermon impacted your life the greatest? And the and the speaker who who it
1: was and well to be honest with you the the sermon at this point where I am right now in in my life over the last I would say it's been a, been about well I guess it'd been about a year 18 months um there was there were a lot, was a lot of uncertainty in my ministry and as it probably is for, for most ministers at some point, just kind of wondering um what God has for you, what he wants you to do, uh how to take the next step. And um uh, there is a message and it wasn't from it wasn't from an Anthony Mangan. it wasn't uh from a Jeff Arnold, uh our great bishop, Bishop Carpenter. I mean that that guy, he's wow, some of the messages he's preached that I've been able to listen to. Uh but it wasn't one of those one of those type of messages like that, but I would have to say, um, there is there is a pastor in our area that uh, is good friends with with Brother Wimberly in our church, uh, Pastor Pete Cervantes, oh, yeah. uh, at Life Tabernacle there.
0: That is a man's man too. Absolutely, he is a manly man. I love that about Brother Cervantes.
1: Absolutely, and so um, um, he was a guest minister at our church one Sunday morning, and he preached a message that impacted me and it still impacts me right now because there's just for, for someone like me I guess it's always a you're just trying to feel after God and find out if you're still in the will of God if if it's still uh relevant to keep pushing forward and and just have faith that God is going to use you in a certain way just 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 overall just trying to to understand the intricacies of trying to find out Um, exactly what it is and where it is, how it is that God wants you to do something for the kingdom. He preached a message. I don't have all the scripture for it, but I know the title. Um, He preached a message uh, as I was going through this one Sunday morning, and it just impacted me. I I became a ball and mess uh, uh, listening to that sermon. He preached a message called, Your Ship Has Not Sailed.
0: Your ship is not
1: sailed, and uh, um, it was almost a confirmation to me. It's it that 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 God wasn't necessarily revealing what the next step is, but He was letting me know that hey, your ship hadn't sailed yet. It's not over for you. Uh, your ministry, it, your ministry hasn't halted. It's not stopped. Um, you're just in a place right now to where you're, you're you're on the boarding, the boarding of the ship right now. Your ship hadn't sailed. You're right there at the dock. If you'll just be patient, um, that then eventually you'll be able to board that ship and you'll be able to do the things that that you're desiring to do in God and more importantly the things that God is desiring to do through you and so um I look at that and I think about the last few days um I I was we were humbled and honored uh this past Friday night and uh to to be able to preach our Texas Midwinter Youth Conference And
0: and did a great job may I say
1: well, I, we we appreciate that. To God be the glory. Um, um, I was a nervous wreck for it, um, and uh, I couldn't tell.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either.
1: <laughs> well, if you well, I I'll, I'll I'll we won't put that on the podcast, but but uh, it was it was it was a lot of apprehension, a lot of anxiousness. Um, I guess I guess when you get into your element and the anointing, most of all, starts to move, then it kind of it kind of. Uh, quiets your spirit and, and calms you down but but uh, i got to thinking about that pr- just prior to that particular service and then being invited to come up here and and, and preach for you guys and and uh, i don't because by virtue of my job i don't necessarily get to do a lot of that there's not a lot of yeah. i don't get to make all the camp meetings that i'd like to um, all the, the, the youth camps or conferences, general conference. I'm trying to make it a personal goal to make it to general conference. And that's, that's why there's a, there's what, that's why there's a quandary about going to general conference or getting to New Mexico camp meeting. But then you got Texas camp meeting in the process of, I'm like, man, I've been going there getting blessed too for the last few years. So there's a lot of good stuff going on and I can't spread myself out that far, but, um, I got, I, 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 to have the opportunity to, to be able to do that. Uh, it kind of made me reflect back on that message that Brother Cervantes had preached that morning, and about your ship not sailing, and and I'm kind of thinking to myself, this must be, this must be what God was trying to to, to direct me toward uh, when that word went forth, and uh, I, I would have never thought that I would I would preach a um, um, a, a, a midwinter youth conference, and um, but after it's all said and done, everybody. Everybody was very, very nice to me, but uh, they may say, man, keep him off the list from here on out. Uh, no, and, and I, I would understand that. that. Hey, I told, I told Brother Stephen Horn, I told him, I said, hey, I know the caliber of guys that you, you guys have had here. And I told him, I said, I'm being honest with you. I thought to myself to, and I talked to my wife after, after I, was, I was invited to, to, to take part in that. Uh, I told my wife, I said, Man, everybody else must have just been booked, and so they got the low guy on the totem pole. Uh, but um, you know, so uh, it's it's one of those things. But in hindsight, uh, going back to that particular service, wondering what the next step is, what God wants you to do, and being able to see that just 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 for the last few days, it's almost like. Um, I'm living that moment right now where I can see, hey, my ship hasn't sailed, it's just come in, yes, and uh it's 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 been a blessing now, I don't know what happens after this uh I know we're going back to humble, we're gonna preach the gospel, we're gonna be faithful to to the church, be faithful to pastor there and and uh whatever God has next is whatever God has next, and you go do what you know to do is right that's right, stay absolutely faithful. stay faithful that's that that's it in a hundred percent
2: yeah I'll tell you one thing uh after people hear this that's definitely going to pump you up too
1: (laughs) yeah we you get this
0: you get this high class podcast that you're a guest on you know it's gonna it's gonna put some it's gonna stoke the old fire oh (laughs) man (laughs) lord help us
1: all i gotta say is if anything comes up just call my pastor first yeah
0: call your pastor (laughs) first that's right uh you are a husband you've been married for how many years
1: oh why'd you have to ask that question i'm sorry Oh, a man. lot of years,
0: wonderful years, just great years. Uh, 2008 to
1: 2021, that's what, 15 years? Oh man, now you're going to make us all look bad and do math on here. <laughs> here we go with the math again. This is four. not
0: a math podcast, I repeat, this. this is no. not a math <laughs> podcast. Uh,
1: okay, so uh, you 2008 got... 2008 to 2018 is 10 years. Yep. 18, 19, four 20, 20, years. so 14. 14 years. 14 years. Hey, I was close. Yeah,
2: you yeah, was close.
0: It. She's not going to listen 14-ish. to this. 14-ish. I hope not. You're you're fine. You're, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, you got
1: two boys. How old are they? My oldest boy is 11. He's fixing to turn 12 in April. And my youngest is now 10.
0: All right. So uh, uh, just a great family. Uh, like Again, been a blessing to us this week. Been a blessing through the years, too. Uh, I wish that I would have had the opportunity for both of us would have had the opportunity to kind of spend some time. Like we have the last 24, 48 hours together. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I got to know you a whole lot more. We've, we've known each other, rub shoulders and yes, things sir. like that, but just never had that personal uh, time. And uh, I want you to know that I'm, I, I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate your, the your, your love for God, your family and all y'all are doing. And uh, man, being faithful to pastor Wimberley down there, Uh, Brother Wimberly is our Western Regional General Superintendent for the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he travels a lot. And I'm sure that a lot of that when he's traveling falls on your shoulders. Uh, A lot of that falls on uh, your shoulders. And I man, I I commend you for being faithful. And, and, uh, you know, some guys would think that they're stuck in a place that they're just being used and things like that. And I don't think so at all. I think there's there's something to say about a man who's faithful. Uh, and I think that just like your job, how God's rewarded your faithfulness, I believe God's going to reward your ministry even more than he already has. You're going to see success in that and you're going to see great Amen. things happen. And I, I believe God's going to, you can never be too faithful. That That's just, you can't, right. you can never be too faithful. And I just, I appreciate you and I commend you for that. Uh, and I know, I know the last year or so you've, your schedule has freed up some from work and things. And I know you worked a lot before and you weren't able to come to stuff, but the things that you could come to, you still made it and you were faithful with what you could be faithful in. And I, I commend you for that. And I, I appreciate that. Thank so,
2: you. all right, guys, we're going to wrap this episode up for tonight, uh, but to be continued. Hey, thanks again for tuning in with us tonight.
0: Yeah. Thanks for joining with us and taking your time to listen to this podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Our goal with this podcast again is to become better men, but not only men, but godly men in this 21st century And we're asking for your help in sharing this podcast and getting the word out. Tell your guy friends at school, at work, your neighbor guy friends, your brothers.
2: The guy at the checkout. Yeah,
0: whoever you can tell. I just want people to be blessed by this podcast, and that's what Travis and I are trying to do here. But we want you to share it with whoever you can share it with. We want it to be a blessing to those that are listening to it. Thanks again for being with us. We're going to finish up this episode with Ron White Uh, On our next podcast, I think it's going to continue to be a blessing to you. Thanks again for joining us.
2: And catch us next time on the Undaunted Brotherhood.
0: All right. We'll see you next time. God bless. I did say real quick, just we're going to put this on here just for a little comic relief. Uh, I told Ron that we were going to call him Ron and we was going to call me Chad and I told Ron he could just call Travis Travina because that's what I called him and he got a little sticker out of that. So take it away, Travina. Uh,
2: all right. Uh, <clears throat>
0: that probably won't make the cut.
2: Yeah, we're probably going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And catch us next time on the Undaunted Brotherhood. And catch us next time on the Undaunted Brotherhood.